I feel like I see God's love so much in the redemption of what He has given me in this season of my life, the grace that He's given me to be able to write books and the path that He's given me, because I never imagined that. I didn't know how to do that. So the fact that He kind of led me and opened doors into a place where He had given me gifts and has allowed me to use those for Him, that feels like His love for me. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never-stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. I first met our guest today about 10 years ago. We went to lunch with a mutual friend and I don't really remember all of what we talked about, but I do remember what we mostly did. We did a lot of laughing. And that's one of the wonderfully disarming things about our guest. Author, speaker, blogger, Instagram influencer, Melanie Shankel, in person or on page, is hysterical. She's the writer of four New York Times bestsellers, four, Nobody's Cuter Than You, and The Antelope in the Living Room, and Sparkly Green Earrings, and The Church of Small Things. If you've ever wondered if you have what it takes to do what you dream of, if you ever think you're not good enough, if you ever think you have to have all these qualifications, this episode is for you. Melanie constantly finds the lighter side of every situation sharing hilarious observations and loving wisdom and profound truths. She shares with us how she moved from the era of blogging to the age of Instagram and how that has in turn shifted our perspective on motherhood and how we share those parenting moments with the wider world. Melanie shares her unique takes on the evolution of motherhood and the importance of friendships and of nurturing them and how they're a lifesaver amidst all the change surrounding us. And she also cautions us to beware of comparing ourselves with others, particularly on Instagram, because who hasn't done that? But when we compare ourselves to others, it never goes well for us. It only leaves us disconnected. It takes us further from the truth that God's plan for us is the best possible plan for us. It reminds me of this quote someone said, comparison is the thief of joy. Isn't that so true? I can't wait for you to hear from Melanie. So without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Melanie Shankel. My name is Melanie Shankel and I live in San Antonio, Texas with my husband, Perry. We have an only child, Caroline, and I am an author. I've written six books and two devotionals and a children's book. I used to have a blog, but now that has turned into an Instagram account where I post most of my things. I started a blog that I called Big Mama back in 2005, and it was when my daughter Caroline was just about to turn three years old. Kind of, I say, the dawn of the blogging age. That was like the first wave of real women from their homes. I mean, it was kind of pre-social media where it's like we were writing about the real struggles and what it really looked like and that it was messy. The age of Instagram and all that has really changed the conversation because I think we went from a way that maybe on blogs we were raw and we were real and we showed kind of the real struggles of everything to I think Instagram has really turned everything where maybe it's more of a place where everything looks a little more picture perfect, like maybe people aren't as real. 
and don't talk about some of the struggles as much and tend to show the best days. So it's been interesting to watch how social media has changed, I guess, over the last, I guess, 18 years that I've been a part of it. We have this internal thing in us that we kind of measure ourselves by what other people are doing. How does their marriage look? How are they parenting? How are their kids? And it can be so easy to want to compete with that. Even when we don't know it, it's like this inner thing where it's an envy or a comparison game. And to me, the thing that God has always brought me back to in my life when I've tried to do that on a personal relationship or professional relationship is like, you've got to walk your road. You know, you've got to walk the road that God has given you. And the thing is, is somebody else's road always looks better because you don't know all the bumps in their road. And so anytime you start to play that comparison game, you're always going to fall short. I've told my daughter this for years. I'm like, you're going to walk in. There's always going to be somebody prettier, smarter, more athletic, more knowledgeable, because you're comparing all the outsides to what you know inside and all your own insecurities and all your things. If we can show our daughters or our kids that like your peers aren't your competitors and one woman's success doesn't diminish your capacity for success, whatever that looks like. And one person's success is going to look different than your success. I mean, God has different things for all of us. And so focus on that and don't miss the joy in where you are and what you have, because I think it it discredits what God is wanting to do in your life. And I think it leaves you in this place of constant discontent. And it's hard to find joy in that. And I just don't believe that's the way we were meant to live. I think it's funny because for me, I used to always think I'm not a competitive person. And then when I started writing books and, you know, becoming a parent and different things, I was like, oh, I am competitive. I just hadn't had anything that I cared enough about to be competitive in. We all have something somewhere that we care about deeply enough that becomes our thing that we want to compare with somebody else. I would be lying if I said I have completely mastered that and I don't struggle with that at all anymore because I just, that's just not the way it works. There can always be that little voice in us that wants to tell us that we're not good enough or that what we're doing doesn't matter or that it never is going to compare to somebody else's. And I think that's where you just have to go back to what you know is the truth, which is that it absolutely matters that God's given you your path and your words and your presence here on earth. And he has something very specific tied to that that only you can do. I've always written about my relationship with my best friend. And that was really the topic of my book, Nobody's Cuter Than You. And people were like, how have y'all maintained that friendship? I think friendship is something that you have to work at. I've just had this conversation lately with a lot of friends where it's like, I feel like there's a lot of books that tell us we need to work at our marriage and we need to work at being good parents, but nobody talks about friendship and that it takes effort. And as you grow up, it gets harder to cultivate those friendships. And I think it's a matter of we become maybe a little more reserved and guarded. I think that we're busy and doing all the other things. And so sometimes friendship is the thing that slips through our fingers because we're busy running carpool and doing all the mom things. But I believe it's so important to our lives. We make the effort. We schedule once a week lunches that we don't miss. And we make sure that we talk on the phone and we know what's going on. You've got to kind of prioritize it to maintain it. I mean, you can't neglect any relationship in your life and expect it to stay healthy and good. And I think that the way you make friends as an adult, and this is hard for us sometimes, it's like, you've got to put yourself out there. You know, you, you nobody's going to come knock on your door and say, would you like to come be my friend? Find a Bible study group at church. It's finding a book club. It's, you know, getting involved at your kid's school and finding moms that seem like a good fit and going on coffee dates that may seem awkward. It's almost like 
when you're married with kids version of dating again. Like you kind of just have to get out there and find people. My online community have become real life friends because now we've met and we know each other and we talk on the phone and all of that. But I think there's something to be said. You've got to have real life people in some capacity because I just think who are the people that are going to show up on your doorstep when things are bad or hard or when you're sick or when you need something. And there's something about really living in that community. I think real relationship, real friendship starts when you're vulnerable with people and say, here, here are my struggles. Here's who I really am. And they can do the same. This is a Jesus Storybook Bible passage, and it's called Let's Go. Jesus left the desert and set about the great rescue. He was going to get God's people back. But first, he needed to find some helpers and friends. He had a lot to do. He would need some people to help him. Who would make good helpers, do you think? Clever ones? Rich ones? Strong, important ones? Some people might think so, but I'm sure by now you don't need me to tell you they'd be wrong. One day, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee when he saw some brothers and friends mending their nets. They were poor fishermen. Jesus called out to them, let's go. And they couldn't explain it. Their boats needed to be put away. Their nets needed mending. Fish were still wriggling on the shore, but something about this stranger made them just drop their nets and their fish, leave their boats and everything and follow him. When they looked at Jesus, their hearts filled up with a wonderful forever sort of happiness. And inside it was as if they were running free in an open field. I feel like sometimes we think that we need to have all these qualifications for Jesus to be able to use us. Like we need to be the smartest and the best and the most athletic or whatever. And I think that the disciples to me are such an example of God uses everyday ordinary people to change the world. He really did use 12 men to turn the world upside down. And so when we think that we're not good enough, it's like Jesus is just looking for faithful hearts that are willing to drop everything and follow him. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever, love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.